All right, fellow fact checkers. Now, before we start the show, I want to remind you to head over and check out our great sponsor, Fox and Son Coffee. Uh, they've got an amazing deal with all kinds of blends going on. So head over there and check it out. You can get the Mexican honey prep, the Brazilian honey prep, the Guatemalan, the Ethiopian. They'll be adding new roasts regularly. So be sure to check in and see what new flavors Steve has got over at Fox and Son Coffee. They've also got all of your usual favorites, the Den Blend Dark, the Den Blend Light, and the one that we personally like around the house since uh, we can't seem to agree on which of the light or the dark is better for both me and the wife, the Den Blend Tube Electric Boogaloo, which is the medium roast. So be sure to use the checkout code FCT for fact check this at checkout, and that'll get you an 18% discount on any order of $25 or more. Also, any order of $37.99 or more gets you free shipping. Load up on all the greatest coffee on the market, and you can thank me later. Well, let's start the show. This episode will be completely taken out of context. Welcome to the Fact Check This Podcast. Fact check this podcast. And today, let's answer the question that's on everybody's mind. Is Biden going to win commandingly? Or is he done for and going to lose? Is he going to be in, uh, indicted or impeached? Or is he even going to survive to the election at all? Who knows? Definitely not any of the left-wing media. None of them can seem to agree on anything around Joe Biden. Uh Except that he's doing a fantastic job, and if the economy is bad, it's your fault. But let's take a look at a couple articles. We've got a we've got a Salon and an Al Jazeera article, and I, I don't I don't read a whole lot of Al Jazeera. Uh, most of what I've ever seen from them seems to be pretty left wing. So let's let's look and see how the uh, and of course Salon is everybody's favorite on this show. Um, let's take a look and see how how the two <laughs> these two rags are feeling about Joe Biden's prospects in the future. We got two articles that are <laughs> very starkly different. This one's starting out with the the one from Salon. Pollsters see hopes for Biden. Republicans are in far greater trouble than is generally understood. Trump needs 95% of Republicans to have a chance of winning, Simon Rosenberg explains. He's very far away from that. I don't... Okay, we'll, we'll go with that for now. With the 2024 election less than one year away, the general consensus is that President Joe Biden's political fortunes are in decline. He's tied with or behind presumed 2024 Republican nominee Donald Trump in polls, including the key battleground states that Biden won in 2020. He also facing... He is also facing a lack of enthusiasm and declining levels of support amongst essential members of the Democratic Party's base, such as African-Americans, Latinos, and young voters. Biden's steadfast support of Israel in its war against Hamas is also threatening to fracture the Democratic Party's coalition. And third-party candidates are in a position to siphon away much-needed votes from Biden in what will almost certainly be a very close election. To be clear, Biden's legislative and other successes across the range of issues, including the economy, infrastructure, student loan relief, and restoring the country's leadership role in the world, are noteworthy and impressive. The economy is complete shit. Nothing's come of any of this infrastructure bill. The student loan debt never got canceled or anything. That Literally nothing happened with that. 
and uh, restoring the country's leadership role in the world. So we are now back to being the world police when that's the thing that the left was supposed to be so adamantly against under uh, previous Republican administrations. Craziness. Craziness. Uh, it's a whole lot of failure, seems like. But uh, but these things are all noteworthy and impressive, obviously. Unfortunately, however, and for a variety of reasons, these successes are not yet translating into public support because they're all ab abject failures. Uh, Joe Biden is polling at near historic lows for an incumbent this close to an election. Even more frustrating and troubling for the Democrats and other pro-democracy Americans who correctly see that the 2024 election represents an existential choice regarding the future of the country is that Donald Trump, an apparent sociopath, if not full-on psychopath, neo-fascist dictator-in-waiting who is channeling Hitler and the Nazis. <laughs> see this? This? It's, it's lines like this are why nobody believes that the Democrats are actually serious. Donald Trump, an apparent sociopath, if not full-on psychopath, neo-fascist dictator-in-waiting who is channeling Hitler and the Nazis, coup plotter, and a man who has been determined by a court of law to have committed sexual assault. That's not what that case said at all. In fact, it said the complete opposite of that. And who is now facing hundreds of years in prison for his many crimes, which is also objectively false is somehow still tied with President Biden in the early polls. America's political culture is that sick. You believe every word of that. The writers at Salon are that sick. <laughs> Democratic Party strategist and commentator Simon Rosenberg rejects the consensus that President Biden has already done for. Rosenberg's insights merit very careful consideration. He was one of the few experts who predicted that the so-called Republican red wave was actually a chimera. Joe Biden is polling at near historic uh, lows for an income. In this conversation, Rogersenberg explains why President Biden and the Democrats are in, a, are in a much stronger position than Donald Trump and the Republicans heading into the 2024 election and why he thinks so many of the early 2024 election polls are incorrect because he's part of the group that fortified 2020 and knows what they're going to do to fortify 2024, maybe? Ah. <clears throat> Uh, this conversation has been lightly edited for clarity and length. I need to see the full. I need to see the full conversation. I don't trust your editing salon, but here we go. How are you feeling, given Trump and the Republicans' fascist escalating, and the Republican fascists escalating threats to democracy? When you call them, yeah. I'm. When you call them fascists like that. It just points out how fucking retarded you are and how completely uneducated you are. You know absolutely nothing about fascism at all. I'm tired, but I'm also exhilarated by our continued strong electoral performances all across the country going back to 2017. In particular, the Democrats have been winning elections since the Supreme Court's Dobbs decision in spring of 2022. We are winning across the country and every kind of race mayoral races, school board races, and governor's races in red states, and on ballot initiatives. It leaves me deeply optimistic about 2024. What does winning mean for the Democrats and the American people in the context of this democracy crisis? Yes, we're, ha we're having such a democracy crisis. The only crisis that we're having with democracy is the fact that you can't actually trust any of the elections anymore. That's what, that's the crisis. 
lack of trust in the, in the system, lack of faith in what's going on. Winning in a democracy matters, and for now, we're still operating largely under the rules of the old system. What's important about winning an election requires many different things to happen. That includes good candidates, strong arguments, the ability to raise money, and the ability to tactically execute one's plans. As shown by how Democrats have been winning in every type of race across the country now for a year and a half, that is a sign of institutional and organizational strength. The Democratic Party is very strong right now. By comparison, the Republican Party is very weak. It's divided. It's tactically behind the Democrats right now. Some of the state parties around the country are falling apart. Their candidates are having problems raising money. They're getting crushed on abortion. Abortion has become an enormous electoral and political albatross around the Republican Party's neck. I've talked about abortion and the problem with the way that the Republicans are handling the abortion issue previously. I highly recommend going back and checking that out if you haven't already. Uh, he's not not necessarily wrong on that. But also not entirely accurate with so the the Republican the Republican Party on a federal level appears to be incredibly fractured. On the state to state level, it's decidedly much less so. But the GOP has a fairly firm stranglehold on the way that they handle some of their money. And in particular, um, Mitt Romney's, what is she, uh, daughter-in-law or, or I can't remember, uh, Rona, who's running the GOP, uh, is the reason that the candidates are having problems raising money because the, the RNC money is not flowing to the candidates and the candidates don't want it because the RNC does not represent what they're trying to represent to their constituents. So, or to the people, you know, who they're trying to get to vote for. So it's, you're, this is like, uh, this is one of those half truths. Like this is how the left twists things. I believe that the central driving force for our politics, and it really has been since 2018 has been fear and opposition to the MAGA movement. The Republican Party's presidential candidate in 2024 is Mr. Super MAGA. That means there is no way to scrub Trump to put lipstick on the Trump pig or to dress him up and make him something other than the most dangerous candidate in the history of American politics. When you use words like this, it's hard to take you seriously. Like When you say this stuff and you sincerely believe that Trump is the most dangerous candidate in the history of American politics, you are a fucking retard. And it just gives me hope that people have been voting against MAGA and the Republicans repeatedly, especially in the battleground states. If we have a normal election, the Democrats should win next year, even with Joe Biden and all of his limitations. But at the end of the day, he's been a, he's been a good president, and he's got a strong case for re-election. I take your concern about whether this is going to be a straight-up election seriously, but if Democrats win the election by 8 to 10 points, none of the chicanery and trickery by the Republicans is going to matter. We must win by a big margin. Trickery and chicanery. I've discussed this before too. The all of the stuff that was done in 2019 and 2020 to fortify the election, Republicans have taken steps to put an end to a lot of that stuff to make it harder for some of those things to be done. This is not trickery or chicanery. This is like the the things that were done by the Democrats were not done 
by state houses and by actual representatives. They were done using leftist judges and litigation. And that stuff has been shut down by state legislatures, by actual democratic process. <laughs> but 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 Republicans are the threat to democracy by using democracy to see it's only democracy if it goes your way. Otherwise, it's it's fascism. When I look at the polling for Biden, especially the recent New York Times Siena poll where he is behind Trump in key battleground states, it is not very positive for him and the Democrats, even allowing for all the qualifiers. Trump is also riding a wave, if not getting stronger, because of his trials and escalating fascism and other threats of violence and chaos. What what are the threats of violence? I don't I don't agree. The Democrats have been winning in off-year elections. Democrats always win in off-year elections because Republican voters are fucking stupid as well, and they don't show up in off-year elections. I've talked about this before too. It's the reason that Kentucky holds their it's the reason that Kentucky holds their elections in an odd year. Because nobody shows up for odd year voting. Did you see did anybody look at the like the the big the big uh Democrats winning in red states? They're talking about Bashir winning again in in Kentucky. Kentucky has like for my entire life always had a Democrat uh governor. Like the the one they've had Bevan and then uh, I can't remember what the other guy's name was back in uh, so Bevan was kind of riding a Trumpian wave and then what was the other guy? Shit. I can't remember his name now. Anyway, there was another guy back in the early 2000s when Bush was really popular that was uh, that was the governor. But like in 40 years, they've had two Republican governors. They the the Democrats have keep that election in the off years because they know people don't show up to vote in off years. Like it's if you look at how many people show up to vote in a presidential election year, it's like up here. And then you look at how many people show up to vote in like a uh, midterm and it's like way down here. And then when you look at how many people show up to vote in like the odd years, that's like way, way down here. The fuck. Um, Evansville, it's it's why they do theirs the way they do it too. Evansville had their mayoral le- election this year out of like some, uh, I can't remember what it is, like hundred thousand registered voters, only sixteen, seventeen thousand showed up to actually vote this year. Like people don't vote in off years. That's so you're getting your victories on odd years. That's it's a little bit skewed when you look at historically how those elections work and that's the fault of the republicans they need to do a better job of going out and being like look these fucking elections matter if you're not gonna like you have to show up and vote for these uh they're never gonna do that because they're just controlled opposition they're not gonna actually put forth the effort but whatever that's neither here nor there uh, the democrats have won more votes in this last seven out of eight elections than the republicans no political party has done that in american history in the last four elections we've beaten the Republicans on an average by 41, 51 to 46 uh, by five points. In addition, there is a big anti-MAGA majority in this country, and it continues to show up and give the Democrats big electoral victories when nobody expects it. I also have no idea how Donald Trump is going to pick up a single new vote beyond the voters who voted for him in 2020, because you don't understand how bad the economy is, how many people are sitting around looking at 
just how trash their bank accounts are, just how much gas they're having, or money they're having to spend on gas, just, just how bad it actually is. You like these these leftist shills who write all this stuff and do all these interviews and everything, they don't live in the real world. They're not experiencing the hardships that the average American is. You know how many Biden voters are looking back on 2020 and saying, God, I really fucked up. That was a mistake. I was trying to be anti-MAGA and not realizing that this dude was fucking incompetent. He's senile and he's going to run this country into the ground. And it's far more likely that he gets 45% of the vote than he does 49% of the vote. Trump is not a strong candidate. He's only getting 60% of the Republican field right now. Right now being the key word. That means 40% of Republicans are not supporting him right now. Trump needs 95% of Republicans to even have a remote chance of winning. He is very far away from that. Trump is actually showing a lot of structural weakness, not strength. Trump is only showing structural weakness in as far as the... Uh, corporate press is concerned and the way that they spin things but nonetheless you're part of it so you don't understand that i know the polls have shown that uh i know the polls have shown what they've shown first of all the election is a year away not to be overlooked there are polls showing biden up by between two and five points nationally over trump there's contradictory data out there which is what happened with the non-existent red wave for 2022 for Trump to be in the high 40s or even ahead of Biden, it would put Trump in a place that no Republican candidate has been in 20 years. I just don't buy that, given the fact that when actual Democrats and Republicans go vote, we do well, and they don't. I'm not going to tell you you're, we're going to win. I can't predict that. But I would much rather be us than them, given everything I know about politics. The Republicans are in far greater trouble than is generally understood. Considering these facts, Trump has been convicted of sexual assault. He wasn't convicted of that. In fact, the the fact that he had to pay a fine was absurd because the result of the case said that there was absolutely no finding findings that he there was no findings that he actually did anything but they still made him uh, or but they still ordered that he would pay her like that's how you can tell these judges are fucking corrupt he was involved in one of the largest financial scandals in american history that's also being been almost just wholesale proven to be false uh, he will have been probably responsible for the greatest security breach in the history of potentially the united states and even the west like also no evidence of that and that trial is currently going nowhere because they don't have any evidence of anything like that he will have overseen a party-wide conspiracy to overturn an election and to end american democracy also has been thrown out on his head is objectively false and he is more responsible for ending roe versus wade and taking away women's reproductive rights than any other single person in the country when you add all that up i just don't know how donald trump the worst candidate in american history wins um also trump wasn't actually in office when roe versus wade was overturned but he's the it's his fault <laughs> amazing amazing like that's the, that's the brain bug that these fuckers have. Like they, they sincerely believe all of that. Very few, if any, Trump Republican voters will support Biden or any other Democrat. The hostility and hatred and cult loyalty are that intense. The same can be said of most Democrats. More broadly, I have little faith in the American people at this point to be civilly engaged and responsible citizens. Trump gets 45% of the vote if he gets hit by a bus. But the ceiling for Trump may also be 45%. The average American is not tuned into what's going on. That is very true. 
That's one of the reasons why Trump numbers are better than they will be. He's like a car wreck. They don't want to look at the car wreck anymore. That's wrong. Everybody always wants to look at the car wreck. You don't understand human nature if you think people don't want to continue to look at the car wreck. It's so dark and negative, and people are just worrying about other things. That having been said, Trump is only at 60%. 40% of Republican primary voters are not with him, and that's a huge problem. Trump can't lose any Republicans. He's the weak candidate. Trump is struggling to put his coalition back together. Have you seen how split the Democrats are on Biden, but Trump's the weak candidate? Trump's not even the weak candidate. Trump's like way, way out ahead of the others. Like so much so that he doesn't even bother showing up to the debates because there's no point because none of the others stand a snowball's chance. Like when you see when you see all of these left-wing rags putting out like oh Nikki Haley's going to win Iowa, Ron DeSantis is going to win Iowa. Y'all are fucking retarded. You can't just speak it into existence. It's not going to happen. That's why y'all are writing articles about what happens if Trump dies? Because that's your only chance is if he dies. Biden's coal, uh, let's see, sorry. Here's the likely scenario. By March, Biden will be up four to five points. Trump's coalition will come back and he will be at 45 or 46%. Biden will be in the high 40s because he's got 51.5% of the vote last time. Biden's coalition will take a, take a while to come back together. And I think he'll get back 50 to 60 to maybe even 70% of his voters. Yes, some of the Democratic Party coalition is wandering right now, but it's very unlikely that it's going to wander over to the Republican camp. Trump has nothing to offer them. Can we even go get people who are wandering away from Trump's? As for third-party candidates, I actually think that some of them are drawing support away from Republicans. In fact, right now, Robert Kennedy is pulling more from Trump voters than he is from Biden voters. Uh, see, and that's another one of those that statistically or based on polls, it could go either way. Not, uh, you know, he says, oh, a couple polls say that Biden's actually ahead of Trump. Well, a lot of polls actually show that more Democrats are moving towards Biden than the other way around. But we ignore we only we only pay attention to the polls that say what we want them to say. Democracy only works if it works the way we want it to. Otherwise, it's not democracy. It's fascist. Would you rather have the Democratic Party's base right now or the Republican Party's? There are more Democrats than Republicans. What? There are more Democrats and Republicans. The Democrats also have more episodic voters than Republicans. Our coalition is younger, for example. Younger voters of color in particular have wandered away from the party. Let's say 10% of Biden's support has wandered. It's not really surprising a year out when we are not in a primary. In terms of motivation, the Democrats are the motivated party. Our victories at the polls show this. Again, when real voting takes place, the Democrats are bringing the heightened intensity. I think we can do better with Hispanics. I think the issues around abortion, as we've seen, are creating openings with Republican and independent women that are unprecedented. The Republicans have no way, how, no way now to mitigate the political damage that abortion has done to them or will do to them again in 2024. That's not really an answer. The Republicans and the conservatives and the MAGA people do not care about real democracy. There's, here we go. Their strategists 
as seen with Agenda 47, Project 2025, the Red Caesar scenario, and the parallel institutions they have created to end multiracial pluralistic democracy are not stupid. These are very serious and very dangerous people who have lots of money and other resources at their command. I don't know if they're smart. The Republican Party has been overtaken by extremists and extremism. Do not assume that the Republicans have a plan and that it is coherent and makes sense. Why are they losing election after election, even in places like Kentucky and Ohio? I already talked about Kentucky, Ohio. They lost on the abortion thing because I've talked about that before as well. Their abortion bill was completely was completely fucked with the way that it was written and the way that it was uh, and the way that it, it was taken taken to a vote. Like they deserve to lose that. Today's Republicans are operating out of a place of faith and craziness and beyond reason that there is no place for strategy in politics. What is your strategy and what are your politics with Biden? You're, you are operating in a place of faith and craziness that's beyond reason to believe in Biden and his economy and all of this other stuff. They're contemptuous of polling and data. To your point about if we are going to have a legitimate election, all I can do in my work is operate as though this is going to be okay. Of course, we have to be. We of course we have to be vigilant. Right now, uh, that we have Democratic governors in key battleground states does an enormous amount to mitigate the Republicans' ability to interfere in a free and fair election. It's amazing how they say that the Republicans are the ones who are interfering when all of the evidence points to the contrary. The Democrats are in control of their own destiny in 2024, but they must and we must go and do the work. Millions of Americans are getting up and they've decided that they're not going to let their democracy slip away. There are millions of us who are fighting every day to prevent our democracy from slipping away. Is President Biden and the Democratic Party's fundamentals so strong? If if President Biden and the Democratic Party's fundamentals are so strong, then why he, is he behind in the polls? Yes, the popular vote matters, but what about the Electoral College and other structural features of American demo democracy that dilute and subvert the popular vote? Uh, it's all about the popular vote with these morons. Reform is long overdue. The age of Trump has shown us how our democracy is based on norms and not the law or even the explicit rules. Those norms have been per uh, penetrated and violated and abused and trampled repeatedly. Healing and reform need to be done. There are flaws in our democracy that are significant. I've been for the national popular vote and getting ready to elect. Of course you have. This is an opportunity for Biden to introduce an ambitious and bold reform agenda. Introduce that and watch it backfire on the state level. So is this widespread concern about Biden's weak polling just a function of media framing or something else? I'm not worried about the polling. In my opinion, part of what's happening with polling is that because of low response rates, where people just aren't responding to polls in the way they used to, the quality of polling has deteriorated. It's harder for polling to capture the current moment in the way that it used to. Our country is more diverse. Uh, diverse. It's a bit very big and complicated country. The polling industrial complex oversells the predictive capacity of polling. Polling can't predict anything. All it can do is tell you what's happening today. There's usually three to four points of error of margin of error. That means if Trump is ahead 46 to 44 percent in Wisconsin due to margin error, then Biden could actually be ahead by two points. Because of low response rates and different techniques and people not answering phones, it means that polling is struggling to capture the moment. Other data is necessary to capture what is really happening with the electorate. In total, polling is much more of a sketch than a detailed painting. And what happens if you're wrong and Trump and the Republican Party win in 2024? We're screwed. 
I've written Trump's campaign slogan. I tried to end American democracy in the last time and failed. If you elect me this time, I'll finish the job. See, the, these people are fucking insane. They're absolutely fucking insane. We have to recognize that, that with Donald Trump, it's always the worst case scenario. This effort by many in the news media and elsewhere to normalize Trump is foolish. Anyone who has spent time normalizing Trump is a fool. <laughs> you people are like fucking psychotic and delusional like this. This is what they legitimately and sincerely believe. They think that if, if Trump wins, it's the end of democracy as we know it, that America will crumble and turn to totalitarianism. Like it's <laughs> and Joe Biden is the answer to that as if um all of the things that they say that Trump is going to do, you know, going after your political enemies and all of this stuff, are the things that the Biden administration has literally been doing for the last three years. But yeah, it's it's totally Trump. It's totally Trump. He's the one. Let's take a look at a different aspect on uh, Joe Biden, though. This one coming from, like I said earlier, Al Jazeera. Al Jazeera is a little less optimistic about about Biden. And they're happy about it, too. Happily, Joe Biden is finished. Biden's stubborn support for Israel's war on Gaza has not only offended, but infuriated crucial constituencies. It will be remembered, I hope, as the hug that sank a craven president. It was mid-October, U.S. President Joe Biden made the requisite pilgrimage to Tel Aviv to show his staunch support for Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu uh, was not simply rhetorical. His grateful host, fidgety with excitement, waited for Biden to emerge from the bulging hull of Air Force One. Apart from the loud harangues of a throng of nearby journalists, the whir of the White House's in-the-sky engines muffled much of the chatter below. Netanyahu nodded to his companion, President Isaac Herzog, as an army of stoic Israeli and American bodyguards stood by at the ready. After a minute or so, Biden appeared with his trademark aviator sunglasses in hand. He paused for a moment at the top of the aircraft steps, so as not to fall down, to reach out to Netanyahu like an expectant bride to his groom. And then, looking pale and tired, Biden walked down the aisle, as it were, and towards his beaming bow. The pair embraced with Biden patting Netanyahu on the back. The delighted prime minister said something. Biden offered a short, perfunctory reply. As hugs between politicians go, this one seemed long and sincere. Israel's indispensable patron had arrived in person to verify once more that America stood with and by its equally indispensable ally. But whether Biden and his camp knew it or not, in that instant, the president's already precarious political fate may have been sealed by an image now fixed in consciousness and memory. The unintended consequence of an act of bro-like solidarity on an airport tarmac in Israel. The unmistakable irony, of course, is that Biden has had rushed to Tel Aviv to confirm his camaraderie with an indicted authoritarian, authoritarian whom, for years, he had treated with wariness and, on occasion, contempt. Bygones were apparently bygones. Still, weeks later, the hug has emerged as a defining symbol of Biden's blatant hypocrisy and a obstinance, obstinacy. A president who has denounced Russia's ruthless aggression and outrages in Ukraine now defends without reservation Israel's ruthlessness in Gaza and beyond, while remarkably extolling the necessity and virtues of the cataclysmic outrages being committed largely against Palestinian children, the infirm, and the elderly by Americans' indispensable ally. Biden's hypocrisy and obstinacy have not only 
offended, but also infuriated crucial constituencies, young Democrats and Arab Americans, amongst others, that the aging commander-in-chief must carry if he intends to win re-election in less than 12 months from today. Recent polling suggests that Biden and myopic company have underestimated the breadth and visceral depth of the potent reaction to his unqualified backing of Israel and warm embrace of a media-savvy, calculating politician that millions of Israelis cannot abide. Biden's approval rating has plummeted to a treacherous 40% among all registered voters in the wake of the hug, an all-time low since his inauguration. That animus is being driven mostly, pollsters say, by voters' near-blanket rejection of Biden's embrace of Israel and Netanyahu's goal of destroying Hamas, no matter the appalling nature, extent, and tally of human casualties that Americans and the world have witnessed. I do not support his support of Israel, Meg Fury, 40, a Democrat from Austin, Texas, told NBC News, and she is not alone. A clear majority of Democrats believe that Israel has gone too far in its retributive designs, in effect, to erase occupied Gaza and, bit by inevitable, inevitable bit, the West Bank. Indeed, an astounding 70% 70, 70 of Democrats between 18 to 40 have made it plain to pollsters that they disapprove, to put it charitably, of Biden's handling of the Israel-Gaza war. This poll is a stunner, and it's stunning because of the impact the Israel-Hamas war is having on Biden, one pollster said. The poll is, as well, a stunning rebuttal of the Biden administration's belief that its diplomatic and military grinding or girding of Israel in light of Hamas's murderous October 7th assault would prove popular and be welcomed as a necessary expression of Israel's right to defend itself without limits or any measure of restraint dictated by humanitarian conventions and international law. Other numbers are even more sobering. <clears throat> Arab American support for Biden is fast evaporating. In a poll taken in late October, a paltry 17% of Arab Americans backed the president, an astonishing 42% drop from three years earlier. As the halting pictures of the limp bodies of, of, dead, uh, of dead and bloody dirt cake Palestinian children pulled from the pancake-like rubble continue to flood social media and television screens, that jarring figure is sure to fall further. The potential existential political consequences of this pervasive anger and alienation may be starting to register with Biden and his in-denial campaign crew. Despite battling a slew of federal and state indictments, Donald Trump remains a stubborn, even emboldened threat. A spate of surveys show the former president edging ahead nationally and carving out sizable leads in a string of swing states where Biden prevailed in 2020. The mood and momentum is with Trump. To staunch the hemorrhaging and confront the yawning and bitter discontent, Biden has tried to reposition himself lately as a sort of honest broker who understands and is sensitive to the toll the war has exacted on Israelis and Palestinians alike. Reportedly, Biden has penned two letters. One was addressed to pro-Israel Americans, in which Biden predictably reiterated that the United States stands with Israel, and the other appealed to pro-Palestinian Americans by insisting that we mourn the many innocent Palestinians who have been killed. The hackneyed, almost pathetic gamble has failed miserably. I doubt that one young Democrat or Arab American has been moved to reconsider their pointed and poignant objections to what Israel has done to Gaza by Biden's stale, hollow bit of performative nonsense. It is too late. The damage has been done, and it will not be undone by a cliche-laced letter written on the White House letterhead. So, happily, I am convinced that Biden is finished. The other delicious, unmistakable irony is that Biden has likely forfeited the presidency ostensibly to save Israel and prop up a prime minister who, 
in due and deliberate time, is certain to lose the position and powers he has long enjoyed and abused. Soon, these strutting presidents and prime ministers will face the stiff, emasculating wrath of citizens whom they claim to lead. I, for one, am looking forward to such a deserving and satisfying comeuppance. That's the the people like this um, the guy over in the salon article, uh, Simon Rosenberg. Of, of course. See, do you even have to say it? Like, of course, he's not going to pay attention to what the uh, the pro Palestine side of of the Democratic Party is saying or thinking. Rosenberg, obviously, he doesn't care about them. Uh, but people of his ilk, the ones who are saying, you know, oh look, you can't trust these polls. Democrats are winning all of this stuff, yada, 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 like midterms and off year elections almost don't count. They're important. They are vitally important. Republicans need to understand more how important they are and actually do something about it. But they almost don't count because it never fails that people don't show up to vote for those in those it just it never happens ever especially not republicans they don't vote in those they don't care generally but and and democrats do because they are a more fickle fan base and they can be drummed up to get out and like uh go out and you know stomp the vote or whatever they say uh you know get out there and and push people get people motivated to go vote go vote they're good at that they make it about issues they make it about specific topics they run these campaigns and and ad campaigns to really push something and get their base emotionally driven to go vote republicans fail at that hand over fist every single fucking time, especially in midterms and off your elections. So, uh, yeah. When you start looking at stuff like this Al Jazeera piece and you look at some of the other stuff where like polling of Democrats in particular show that, see, uh, Simon Rosenberg was so worried about the, the fact that only 60% of Republicans support Donald Trump. That's going to hit 95% or better, once he is the presidential candidate, once he gets the nomination. Because Republicans who are looking at the field, they don't care about what's over here on the left. They're only looking at who is it, who is it on the right. They're not going to vote for a Democrat, period. They hate and despise everything that the Democrats stand for. So, sure, you might lose 5% of them to... Uh, third-party candidate. You're not losing any of them to the Democrats. And he's probably going to hit that 95% or better. Democrats, on the other hand, are much less beholden to their party on large elections like this, especially if it comes to... They're, they're more about the, 
they're more about the issue of progressivism. They want to be progressive. They want to be pro all of these things. And if you're not pro all of these things in the exact right way, then they will turn on you and go vote for somebody who is pro on the one thing that you're not pro on just to stick it to you. So it'll be interesting to see how more polls and stuff shake out because uh, I, I like to look at them and see what they actually say versus what they say that they say, see how the polling is done, who, like, where, where are these polls being conducted? Who are they actually talking to? What are the demographics? Like, it's interesting, but I, I think Al Jazeera is probably closer than Salon on this one. That'll do it for today. Be sure to tune in tomorrow evening uh, at 8.30 Central when I am joined by my very good friend, Mark Metz, and we're going to finally talk about the Bronze Age mindset. If I have to drive to Michigan and hold him in front of a camera and make him do it, we're doing it tomorrow. So I'll see you then. Later. Before you go, make sure you check out our great sponsor, Agorist Acres. Now, agoristacres.com, you can find over 100 varieties of seeds. They've got vegetables, flowers, all kinds of stuff. They've got heritage brands, everything that you want to start any kind of garden that you need. It's free shipping on any order of $20 or more. They've got cool packaging, and most of the seeds come in a fancy glass vial, no paper envelopes. They accept U.S. dollars and crypto and can easily take either at checkout. Now be sure to head over to agoristacres.com, and anything that you get, use the promo code FCT at checkout for 10% off your order. I say all the time, that you need to be starting your own garden, you need to be growing your own food, you need to be getting off the grid and becoming less dependent on grocery stores and stuff like that. Agorist Acres is a great first start. They have got everything you need for whatever kind of garden you want. Great people, great product, highly recommend. So go check them out.